ऑडियो हॉप पॉडकास्ट दिस इज द विस्की एडवाइजर शो ऑन दिस शो वी सैंपल सम फाइन विस्कीज शेयर इंटरेस्टिंग टेल्स एंड ट्रिविया एंड आंसर योर मोस्ट इंपॉर्टेंट क्वेश्चन अबाउट विस्की एंड नाउ हियर्स योर होस्ट द विस्की एडवाइजर उदय बालाजी Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Whiskey Advisor show. So we've traveled to the Highlands, spent some time in Speyside, and we've even stopped over in Campbellton and the Lowlands. And we finally ended up on the Isle of Jura. With just a couple of episodes left this season, the Whiskey Rook wants us to take the short ferry ride from Jura back to the Isle of Isla. Definitely I can say this that after tasting Lafroig, I have to know more about, you know, Isla single malt. Well, It's a lucky two weeks then. We'll be talking about two of Lafroig's neighbors, both within just half an hour's walk from the distillery. Mm-hmm. So this week we'll be talking about Artbig, who are known for their super peaty style. Wonderful. Let's get started. So here comes the first little similarity. Both Artbig and Lafroig were started in 1815. You see how I'm building it up for him, folks. I hope it really stands up to it, and I'm pretty confident it will. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, 1815, and it was started at one more illicit distilling site by this family called the McDougalls. But for the longest time, it was used in blended whiskey, particularly by the Buchanans. This is a legendary whiskey name in uh, whiskey history mm-hmm. because they were a blender and trader and were very influential in the growth of Scotch. And in fact, they also owned Ardbeg at one point. Okay. But as always, we have to hear this name DCL and Diageo again. Well, this distillery Ardbeg was owned for a short while by DCL. Not anymore though. So Uday you spoke about how Jura was a tight community how about Isla So Isla is a really small place again not as small as Jura but if you've been there you know there are only like a handful of roads uh, a couple of small towns and uh, Ardbeg wasn't that different mm-hmm. uh, so it had a little bit of a community around it with the distillery at the center and they provided jobs and a social life etc etc But unfortunately in the late 70s and 80s things started to change. Okay. Uh first of all it closed in 1981 and then it kind of reopened in 89 with any sporadic production until 96 just for blends. Mm-hmm. But in 1997 things really started to pick up when uh, the Glenmore & Giona's bought them. Okay. And they invested a lot heavily rebuilt it and uh, restarted production in 97. and then as we saw in the glenmorangi episode mm-hmm. in 2004 lvmh bought over glenmorangi and artbeg also was part of the deal okay so have you visited artbeg oh yes i have um so i actually went there one uh, late october early november mm-hmm. it's really a great time to go because um, you know there's really no crowd it's empty the weather's nice it's cold but you know cold is good for drinking whiskey mm-hmm. and uh, the only downside is once november comes some of the best tours will uh, may or may not be available but you know yeah it depends on what you want to do so i drove down to uh, lagwol in ardbeg on a sunday 
and uh, this was the beginning of november so not towards on mm-hmm. sundays at uh, these two distilleries and uh, it's really quite interesting in scotland that there's no trespassing law right okay. so you can just walk through other people's properties and it's not against the law of course you know you need to be respectful you can't go and you know do whatever you want there and so it's a very lovely dynamic you know where people walk through there's such a great deal of hospitality such a great deal of respect and i had heard about this right but never really experienced it as much as i did as i did in ardbeg mm-hmm. so i land up there i park the car and then i'm just walking around you know there's literally nobody everything's closed so i'm walking peeping in here there and all the grounds and uh, so you have to understand so you drive into the distillery into the parking lot it's, it's magnificent you know it's rebuilt so beautifully it was fairly new right in 97 is when it was fully rebuilt and refurbished beautiful you walking through and it's it's a huge complex i'm looking everywhere there's literally nobody <laughs> i'm clicking pictures clicking pictures and at the far end is the sea mm-hmm. so then i get to the sea and again you know nobody so i just sat there i was relaxing enjoying the view taking a whole bunch of pictures and you have to understand all these distilleries used to get all their supplies and um, you know uh, whatever used to come to the distillery used to come by sea Mm-hmm. so the huge waterfront buildings will be painted with the names with whether it's lagavool and lafroig ardbeg bunahaven all these guys they'll have their name printed in huge block letters on their buildings on the outside i'll put up a couple of pictures of um, ardbeg that i took during this stay that i talked about and i remember looking at one of the pictures on your website i guess it's of lafroig that's right exactly same yeah, thing yeah hmm. okay and then i went to for a tour the next day and they are also expanding you know the industry is booming ardbeg is putting in a new still house uh, there's a lot of exciting things happening and i'm telling you you know if you go to ardbeg distillery splurge try the special edition whiskies i to this day can still taste the ardbeg dark cove that i had there um along with lunch it's one of the few distilleries that has a really nice restaurant as well and wow. i ended up making some good friends who doesn't right over a few drams that day i wasn't driving by the way folks that was only on sunday okay i mean that's a very nice memory i guess and uh, you know what stayed with me is the no trespassing rule i just feel like you know booking my tickets to scotland and just flying to ardbeg right now to trespass yes of course <laughs> now i'm getting a little worried <laughs> okay um so now you know talking about whiskies again uh, can we taste now that absolutely we'll be tasting the ardbeg 10 would you like to do the honors yes please we hope you've enjoyed the episode so far but before we go ahead here's a word from our partner enjoying this podcast you can also catch this and 200 plus such podcasts on karwa 2.0 with BBC India Film Companion Open Mic Poetry Sadhguru Isha Foundation Indian Classical Renditions by the Greatest Maestros Stories Rhymes and GK for your kids Oh and did we mention the 5000 preloaded songs and 100 plus unique playlists every day To know more go to www.saregama.com now
and we're back let's continue it's amazing how the entire room gets that art bag aroma yes i was just about to say that slanja slanja all right let's start with the color almost like a yellow gold yes. to ripe corn yeah it's yellow gold for me so the first thing that you get with this whiskey is color is not everything yes fantastic whiskey very light color and my guess is no caramel coloring added let's look at the viscosity mhm so uday what i see is from the texture it's a bit oily and viscous yeah it's quite oily and viscous it takes a while for the drops to start coming down okay aim for the nose sure what are you getting pure so the first is lots of peat mhm uh i'm getting a lot of salt yeah so a bit of iodine yeah and some medicinal smell mm-hmm. so that's about it for me okay are you getting any notes under that i'll just try a hint of sweetness yeah mm-hmm. a hint of it yeah, so basically all peaty whiskies will have some amount of sweetness to offset the peat okay um and that gives it depth let's go on to the palate mm mm-hmm. what do you think it's superb yeah and uh, <clears throat> uh i'm getting a bit of like a vegetative mm-hmm. thing on palate uh some uh i obviously smoke and peat mm-hmm. a lot of smoky flavor and a bit of salt yeah mm-hmm. how yeah. about the mouth feel it was full it was very rich and round mm-hmm. i'll i'll take one more sip it's that good oh yeah please do and over to finish long short medium uh it's a medium to long finish for me okay all right just getting into it like i said very light colored quite viscous and obviously the first thing that hits you is that strong peat it's definitely medicinal not as iodiny as lafroig um just to compare the two but there's for me with artbeck there's always this burnt rubber burnt tires and along with that whole you know it's kind of seaweed but you know what i'm talking about seaweed again is not the most intuitive thing right it's that very kind of like if you take a can of olives take out the olives and you take a small sip of that brine in the can mm-hmm. that kind of thing and and folks i'm saying all this in the best way possible right this this is amazing okay and so i could relate to it it was burnt rubber mm-hmm. yeah the 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 taste i was getting on palate which was very uh, you know prominent was burnt rubber yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so another thing that you see in these flavor wheels is kippers so kippers are basically herring mm-hmm. right so it's again that very quintessentially seafoody you know briny character on the nose and i get a little bit of sweetness on the on the back end but on the palate all this is there right we go back to the brine the kippers the burnt rubber it really hits you in the face when you take that first sip 
and I'm going to take another sip now. Mm. But there's a kind of that oily sweetness that comes possibly from the malt. It's that kind of cereally sweetness wrapped in smoke. It's such a beautiful whiskey and I think it has a quite a long finish. Just by the sheer strength of that peat. Mm-hmm. Now, the nice thing is after the peat starts dissipating, you get more and more of that sweetness. Yeah, yeah. And it's really malt for me. It's that kind of like when you have muesli for breakfast and it's still on your palate after you're done. That's what's there for me, wrapped in smoke. And there's no prizes for guessing. Uh, the flavor camp for this would be smoky and peaty. That said, uh, do you think this is the peatiest whiskey that is out there? Um, well, this is definitely one of the peatiest whiskeys out there. Um, is this the peatiest? No, there are peatier whiskeys. But this is probably the peatiest whiskey that's out there, you know, that's commonly available. Uh, and peat, you know, how peat is measured is uh, by parts per million mm-hmm. of phenols. Okay. These are those compounds that go and sit on that wet husk during the kilning that we spoke about, right? And these phenolic compounds go through the entire process. So if you just took a few of the peated whiskies that we've looked at on the show, so if we look at Ardmore, uh, it's about 10 to 15 ppm. Talisker would be about 25 to 30. Mm-hmm. Lafroig is over 40. Okay. Ardbeg is about 55 and thereabouts. Okay. Right? But at one point, Ardbeg came out with the Supernova, which is peated to 100 ppm. Wow. Yeah. That must yeah. be heavily peated. Oh, yeah. Really high. So then what happened was, they kind of uh, ended up poking Brooklady in the process. I don't even remember how. But uh, Brooklady is really known for its non-peated whiskey. And then they have Port Charlotte, which is the second in their range, which is heavily peated to like about 40 ppm or something like that. So now they wanted to be the peatiest whiskeys around. And they came out with the Octomo that is clocking 150, 160 ppm. Whoa. Yeah. At cask strength. And uh, at one point, it was 8.3 release, I believe, uh, that went up to 309 ppm. That's unbelievable. Yeah, but I'll tell you this. So I was looking for this 8.3 all across the world during my travels. Couldn't find it, possibly, because of this whole 309 ppm. It's stated on the bottle and everything. Finally, found it in one tiny little bar in Japan. Okay. And I think it was in Sendai. So had it, and you know, this is why you got to keep in mind that this PPM is measured at malting, right? It's not measured at uh, spirit. So it's not like that supernova at 100 is only one third as smoky as that Octomore 8.3 is 309. So I'd say use the PPM as a guidance. Don't get too carried away. Spend your money on flavor not on numbers. Okay. And uh, on to the whiskey range. So we've got the Ardberg 10 that mm-hmm. we had today. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a few more non-age statement whiskeys in their range, which include the Anoa, which is kind of a melange of different cask maturations. It's 
probably the lightest of the lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Ugadal, which mm-hmm. is finished in Olorosa sherry casks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Trivan, the 19-year-old, uh, it was just recently released. Um, it's named after the local beach. It means uh, singing sands. Mm-hmm. And you have Kauri Reckon, which is uh, the whirlpool, I believe, uh, in the sound of Jura, if I'm not wrong. Okay. And it's a cask strength whiskey. So the ones that we talked about were the normal bottlings, right? So apart from the standard releases, you have the Art Big Committee releases and the limited editions. And the Art Big Committee releases are basically releases that are for the members of Art Big Committee, mm-hmm. which is the kind of like the members group of Art Big, the loyalty program almost. Yep. Great. So should we get into the Q&A now? Yes, please. So the first question is from Dipesh Parmar and he asks, what drew you towards the super elixir? Well, Dipesh, uh, to be honest, I, I have very old memories of uh, whiskey, you know, of seeing my uh, granddad and my dad and uncles drinking it and some very fond, enjoyable memories. And apart from that, you know, just over the years, uh, all the stories that surround all our favorite whiskeys and uh, above everything, really, uh, the wonderful diversity of flavors in the spirit. And the next question is from uh, Sanchen Jana or Sanchen Raising Cocktails on Instagram. And he asks a really good question, which is uh, why most of the Indian single malts are non-age statement whiskeys? Well, Sanjay, we talked about this a little bit during our uh, Indian single malt episodes. But the thing is, the angel share in India, which is the whiskey lost uh, due to evaporation during maturation, is much higher here than in Scotland. So because of that, it leads to faster maturation and the whiskey can be bottled at a younger age. Uh, so basically, the assertion is that a three-year-old Indian malt is comparable to, say, a 10 or 12 year old scotch malt although that is subjective uh, but if these ages were then stated on the bottles the average consumer wouldn't probably buy you know the 3 or 5 year old uh, single malt uh, but this is the same case with bourbon you know faster maturation so how many bourbons do you see with an age statement uh, so like I always say you know don't get carried away with the age or color pursue flavor and the next question is from a friend uh, Ajay Nair brand ambassador of Diageo and his question is your favorite whiskey cocktail and hands down uh, it would have to be the old-fashioned and its variations Ajay. And the next one is from Ankit Sharma on Instagram and his question is single malt for beginners. Um, Ankit I would always recommend starting off with something light uh, so you would probably want to go for like a light space side like a Glenlivet 12 or a Glenfiddich 12 or a Glengrant 10. Um, or I would highly recommend our own unpeated Indian single malts uh, like the Paul John Nirvana or the Amruth Indian single malt or the Rampur Select, for example. And to close out, a uh, question from Harshavardhan Singh on Nemesis underscore H on Instagram. Few days back, you posted about a gin made in Rajasthan. Please tell me about it. I'd love to visit them. So for a change, this was a gin question. Uh, so in fact, I've actually been to that distillery. It's the Globus Distillery in Bayroad. I do believe they're coming up with the visitor center, but it's not open yet. So I'd uh, recommend that you follow the Terai Gin uh, handle on Instagram. 
So that's it for this episode and I hope you Pete heads enjoyed that one. One more PT story coming your way next week and it'll be the last episode for this season. We definitely saved one of the best for the last and you won't want to miss it. In the meantime, please send in your questions and comments via email, Instagram or Facebook and we'll answer as many as we can. All our handles are at the end of the show. Till then, drink well and drink responsibly. Cheers. If you want to learn more about whiskey and Uday's work, visit thewhiskeyadvisor.com. You can send in your questions to us on uday at thewhiskeyadvisor.com or Instagram or Facebook at thewhiskeyadvisor. That's whiskey without the e. The show was brought to you by Audio Hop Podcasts. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter at Audio Hop Podcasts. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep your spirits up and drink responsibly.